You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 81 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And I'm surprised he's here because there's a big NFL game on tonight. Stat Guy Rye. I'm here. What's up, Stat Guy Rye? Not much, man. Stat Guy Rye's waiting. It's uh, about 15 minutes to kick off here, Steelers and the uh, Carolina Panthers. Are you going to bounce after the uh, 15 minutes run? Right once the ball's kicked off, I will. I'm leaving. So, Chris, how you doing today, pal? I'm pretty good, man. I can't complain. <clears throat> uh, you know, we'll peel back the curtain here. Chris was very, very upset before we started recording today because I called him George. <laughs> George who? George Costanza. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. I let my Twitter followers <laughs> vote on what show I was going to binge watch next, and uh, they chose Seinfeld, and so I've been watching that, and. I don't know. I just, for the first time in my life, I noticed it. Chris Stacy is George Costanza. How? You, your brother seemed to agree with me. So I, mean, I laughed at it. <laughs> he laughed, which is I'm not getting him. Which I'm is not an automatic in the agreement of this. at that point. It could be, but I'm I not say. George Costanza. I wish I was. I'd be working for the New York Yankees. Well, he didn't really end up uh, working for the Yankees at the end. He pretty much, he pretty much worked for the Yankees long enough. I'd be happy with that. You were the assistant to the assistant to the traveling secretary. <laughs> <coughs> well, good segue back into the uh, New York Yankees and uh, CC Sabathia, Karsten Charles Sabathia will uh, finish out his career as a New York Yankee. Uh, yesterday, uh, the new was it yesterday or now Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday night it came out or yeah. Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, it's uh, we're recording Thursday evening. Tuesday afternoon, uh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember because I remember being aggravated by the uh, responses. On, I was going to uh, say, it's been more than one day that everyone's been flipping out about it. Yeah, uh, CeCe's coming back on a one-year, $8 million contract. The contract is straight up, no incentives. So CeCe will be back uh, as a Yankee in uh, 2019. Uh, we voted on CC in our keep him dump him polls uh, last week. The fans voted to keep him. Our guest John Boy voted to keep him. Ryan voted to keep him. I voted to keep him. George was the only one that voted to dump him. Uh yeah, I did, but I'm I wasn't. It's not like I was mad after they they signed him. I thought it was awesome. I'm still fine with it. You just asked me what I thought they should do. I, I mean. It he he was just someone that I was gonna part ways with, and the fact that they're not, I'm still very happy about that. I'm never gonna sit here and be mad that CC Sabathia is a New York Yankee for one more year. I'm never gonna be mad about that. And he and he was really good last year. He had a three six five ERA. He had the third most inning innings pitched out of all of our starters. Yeah, I don't know if I'd brag about that though. 
Well, no, but everyone's <laughs> talking about the guy can't pitch any. Well, guess what? We needed him because there's going to be injuries again. And I really think when all said and done, CeCe's going to be more of a depth piece than he is someone that they're going to constantly rely on. Plus, did you really want to see him pitching for Houston or Oakland? No. Well, that's what I said, too. Like, after everything he's been through here, and he's he's a Yankee, right? Like, if you write the story of CeCe Sabathia's career, he's a Yankee. You don't think of him as a Cleveland Indian uh, he gets, you know, he gets like the hero treatment because of what he did in Milwaukee. But, you know, he's not a brewer. He's a Yankee. You know, he had seven of he he made 17 starts for the Brewers. Seven of them were complete games. Wow. The guy was an animal. Unbelievable. And it earned him a lot of money. Yeah. Um, The key with Sabathia is, as we talked about last week, and now that he's back, we can speak in more definitive terms about it. The Yankees need to make sure that he's never counted on to be more than a fifth starter this year. That's just, that's the facts. Yeah, I think he's, honestly, we talked about this the other day. Let's, Let's just play through real quick. If the Yankees trade for Kluber, they sign Hap, and Corbin's still available and they make that work. CC becomes a depth piece right off the bat. Or you think they would, you said that they could sign both. If they didn't sign both Hap and Corbin, that you thought Hap would be the odd man out. I agree with that mostly due to age. Um, but there's still a good chance that Kluber, Corbin, and Hap enter this rotation. I don't uh, see, I don't see the Yankees right now acquiring three pitchers to put ahead of Sabathia I don't from what Cashman's saying he's open to whatever's gonna fit I mean Hap is a nice is a nice guy to have at the at the back end of this rotation are you considering going uh six man at all I mean I don't know maybe that's I'm not considering six man I'm considering um picking and choosing when we can use a six man. I'm not going to use a six man all season. Um, we, and another thing I thought about too, think about how many double headers we had last year. Yeah. But I, you hope that's uh and you know, that's not the norm that is no, not going to rain but, like but this. But you never know. Again, uh, next summer. How many starts do you see CC Sabathia making in 2019? Uh, I'd set the, uh, I set the number at 25. Okay. It, if he makes 20, that's a lot of starts. 25. What do you mean? 29 this year? Yeah, and he was hurt. 29. But he's going to be on and off the the ten day. It, that's what I feel is going to happen with him a lot. I think they're going to really nurture his. You know, they're really going to care for that knee. They're not going to let him overdo it. And I think there's a possibility that CC's used more as a depth piece than he is as a guy going out there every fifth day. But what do you do with him? He. That's why I don't agree with that notion that he would be a depth piece because what do you do with him you just carry him around well maybe they don't sign cole and maybe they don't sign uh well they're definitely not going to sign lance lynn but maybe he slots into that long relief i don't see that happening you're not going to do that to cc sabathia at this point i don't think so either but you know he's going to be down for anything yeah i'm sure he's still going to get a good amount of starts doing that i don't think they paid him eight million dollars a year to come back and you know maybe start once a month and then be Hanging out in the I bullpen. Think the money, I, I think the amount they gave him shouldn't even be looked at. I think it's just such an arbitrary number. 
It really isn't, though, because if you listen to him on his podcast, he said that he wanted to get this done early because he was worried about getting an offer. He had more interest this offseason than he had last offseason, and he was worried about getting a number from another team that he couldn't say no to. Well, that kind of goes to my point, doesn't it? I don't think that number, that $8 million, means anything. I think, if anything, he could have gotten more somewhere else. But that's what I'm saying. The Yankees still paid him probably, you know, on par, maybe a little more, less, whatever. So they wouldn't be okay with him being more of a depth piece if they have the opportunity to sign Hap, Corbin, and get Corey Kluber? They wouldn't be okay with that because they're paying him $8 million? Yeah, they wouldn't be okay with that. You don't you don't pay a guy eight million dollars to go sit in your bullpen and then be like, hey, hey, we need you today, and then you know for five weeks go sit in the bullpen and then no, oh, hey, we need you today. It doesn't work like that. It's not why he's here. He's here to start games. I think the Yankees are not going to put themselves in a position where they have to rely on him to be more than a fifth starter this year. If Sabathia was not here, then yeah, I could see them bringing in three more starters, but he's here. I don't see it happening. They should bring in another other guys to put behind CC where they have organizational depth, where you can have a guy step in and maybe be a little bit better than, uh, you know, say Luis Sessa, but you're not going to, and if you're not going six man, which I don't think they will, even though it kind of does make sense because you've seen how uh, extra rest benefits Tanaka, you know Sabathia is going to need extra rest at times. Uh, you'd hope that at this point in his career now, his third full, <coughs> excuse me, uh, his third full season in the major leagues that Sevy is starting to build up that arm strength, but you know he might need a little bit of a break here and there, and then you know. Who, who who are your other guys? You don't know who they are yet. I think they're going to be very firm on CC not going much more than four or five innings every every start. I think there has to be a guy paired with him um, with each of his starts that you can rely on to go to in the middle innings. No, I agree with that. That you're not going to... Like, in your head, you would think Jonathan Holder, but from what Holder did last year, you're in your head, you're going to be using Holder a lot next year. I think they need a guy that they can rely on to piggyback off of CC Sabathia. Yeah, I agree. I think CC they should have a caddy with him, but I wouldn't just limit him to four or five innings. If he's, you know, through four innings, he's given up one run on two hits, and he's you know thrown forty eight pitches. I'm not taking him out of the game. I'm going to ride him, you know, until it falls off. It's his last season. What are you saving? Yeah, he's him for? giving it all. He's got. What are you now? saving the guy for? What is your ideal? championship caliber rotation for 2019 i mean i i think i was pretty uh <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> still got this freaking cough going on over here uh i wrote an article on nyysportstalk.com earlier this week where i put together my uh christmas list that i want cashman to go out there and get and uh you know i had three stars on there kluber hap and um corvin and that was before cc came along now, I don't see three guys coming in here. I see two guys coming in here. And I would probably, the odd man out there would be Jay Happ. So in your mind at the time when you wrote the article, were you would you have been happier if CeCe wasn't re-signed and they did go out and get those three guys? It or- would have. 
I wouldn't say happier because I still would have been upset that CC wouldn't be able to finish his career as a Yankee. But for the team, what makes the team better? I those three guys you would have to say are better than removing one of them and um, inserting CC there, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, mean, I think Jay Happ would be a better five starter considered than CC. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at now. To my point is. Don't you think Cashman's kind of thinking the same thing right now? And if the opportunity presents itself for him to still sign Corbin and Hap and get Kluber, that he's not going to do it? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends because Hap's going to have a lot of suitors and he's older. So, I mean, what are you going to really give him? Two or three years? I think the signing of CeCe you know, spells the end of Jay Hap. Yeah, I, that's yeah, why I said he's I, the I think so too. Because I still think Corbin... Everybody you listen to, they all say the same thing, and I agree with it hundred percent. It just makes too much sense not for it to happen. It's almost like other teams aren't even interested in talking to Patrick Corbin because they just it just it's like almost like a foregone conclusion that he's coming to the Yankees. And Hap, the market out there for Hap is too strong for a guy his age. I think so. He's just not going to be worth the yeah. money that he's going to demand at this point if you just signed CeCe, who again had a 365 ERA in 2018. We're not talking about a guy who had a five or a, even a four plus ERA and didn't do shit for this team last year. This guy was good. He was good. It all comes down to what the Yankees are going to do to get that other starter. I think we're all in agreement that Patrick Corbin's coming to the Yankees. We'd be shocked if he wasn't a Yankee. I'm I'm to a point now where I'm going to be shocked if Kluber's not a Yankee. Well, before we get to that, how do they get their other starter? Is is Brian Cashman making a trade to get the other guy, or is he going to bring in Jay Happ and then you sign Happ, Corbin, Sabathia? That's how you round out your rotation, or is he going? Corbin trade because if you go trade who are you giving up in a trade because then that changes things because now you know you're probably trading Sheffield in that trade which means that he can't be in your rotation next season right how many years does Kluber have on his contract he's under team control for two more seasons (laughs) two more three three more okay I mean I don't need Sheffield anymore Mm -hmm. yeah but you would have needed him to replace Sabathia do you go out next year and you and you find someone. That's what I'm saying. Now you, you're you trading your top pitching prospect to bring in you know, a guy that you expect to be ace level. I mean, he's pitched like one. He is, what, 33? 32. I'm not concerned about his age. Yeah, because he started a little bit later on. He's ha- I mean, he doesn't have as much mileage on his arm as you would think a guy... That is 32 would have on. He only became an elite pitcher over the last, what, three, four years. We never talked about Corey Kluber before the last, you know, several years, four or five years. Well, he's had this. He's this is his fifth consecutive season where he's pitched over 200 innings. But I'd say before a few years ago, he wasn't considered an elite guy. Would you? I would say you probably started hearing Corey Kluber's name in 2016 a lot more than you did beforehand. Well, who who was a big part of why uh, Kluber found his success? Who does uh, he credit a big, uh, big help? Know. Mickey Calloway. Really? really? Coach for the Mets. He helped develop his uh, sinker. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Corey Kluber, uh, his rookie season is, uh, I guess you would consider it, 2012. 
He had a 5.14 ERA, and then since then, his highest ERA was 3.85, which was in 2013. 2.44, 3.49, 3.14, 2.25 in this past season, 2.89. So uh, once <clears throat> once he's uh, once he got into the swing of things, and then it, and then 2014 on, he's made at least uh, 29 starts in every season. He's uh, you know he's pitched at least 200 innings in every season so i mean you know the guy's what you want he's what you want in an ace and he and here's the other thing about Corey kluber that people don't uh get through their heads because they especially yankee fans because they saw kluber not pitch well in the playoffs last year uh cory kluber can't pitch well in the postseason uh yeah he can because if you look at his game logs from when they went to the world series in 2016, he, led them there, didn't he? he was a friggin' stud. He didn't pitch well in Game Seven of the World Series, which you know what you want to give him a pass. It was on short rest. The weather was bad. Whatever. Okay, fine. And then 2017, you know, people say, "Well, you take the mound, you got to be better." But if the guy's hurt, he's not going to pitch as well as he as he could being fully healthy. And it's not like he got rocked in Game Five. Didi kid a couple home runs off of him. So, I mean, like, if that's a game where you're not facing elimination, maybe you leave him in a little bit longer. He only gave up, what, three runs in that in that game? Correct. He was He was the reason they lost, though. Yeah, but it wasn't like he got destroyed. But if he was, game. if those reports then, were true that his back were, was banged up, then, yeah, I mean, that's totally a valid excuse. The only thing that you can really hang on him was that he didn't pitch well against Houston in the postseason this year. So, really, one bad... S- one bad postseason start, and you don't want the guy now. And it was really like one bad inning against Houston because I'm they were who I can't think of who we faced off against him. I think it was Verlander. Probably the, was the first three innings flew by. They were both uh, putting up zeros, and then he they busted it open. But I think the plan it's got to be trying to trade for an ace, Kluber or Bumgarner. Maybe you know get Madison in here. And in 2016, when he really was dominant up until uh, Game 7 of the World Series, where he was going on short rest, I believe. I I kind of remember that being the first time yeah, he ever he, went on he only three had, days rest. He only had three, three days rest, and he went four innings that night and gave up four earned runs. Since then, he's thrown two and two-thirds, three and two-thirds, four and two-thirds. So maybe next year I'll throw five and two thirds. That's the only thing that concerns me. But Christian made a great point when he was on Munch earlier this week that what Kluber truly brings to this team is is giving them uh, such such help for the regular season, which they need to win the division if they want to make a serious run. And that's that's really what yeah. you're getting if you add Corey Kluber. I think I think that the Yankees. I don't want to say lost sight because obviously they always want to win the division, but I think maybe it was brought to light a little bit more this year that it is so, that's the first step. That's the first goal. I think it was Joe Torrey that always used to say like, look, you have different milestones. The first goal is to win the division. The second to win the ALDS, so on and so forth up into the world series. The Yankees path can't be the wild card in 2019. I just can't. No. They they need to win this division. They need to start a division series at Yankee Stadium. First game right at right at uh Yankee Stadium. 
Yeah. And how's, and how's, um, who's going to help you do that? Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. And guys like Corbin or Hap. But that's what people are so fixated <coughs> on these small sample sizes. The Yankees need somebody that they can depend on to go out there and make 30 starts every year. This guy pitches to a, a, a sub three ERA almost every season. You don't want to put him in your rotation? Of course. Of course I do. Now the question is, what's it going to cost to get him here? Sheffield. Obviously. Florida. Andujar. See, Maybe not Andujar, though. They don't really need a third baseman. It might not be Andujar. I think it's going to be Florial. I think if Frazier, if they're any bit hopeful that Frazier can be healthy, he could be packaging that deal. I think it's going to be Sheffield. Um, I mean, who else? Who else could you possibly throw in that deal? Um, I mean, I read something today that maybe Florial, Sheffield, Loisica, Adams, you know, that's... Loisica is a nice piece. He actually is a really nice piece. That's something that could get the conversation started. I do think, though, that the Indians are looking for a second baseman. They could end up moving Ramirez to second and plugging in Andujar. I really think they're going to have to get Andujar uh, to give up Kluber. I would be surprised if they didn't. I mean, how do you how do you trade Corey Kluber and not get a guy like Andujar back? I I would need Andujar and Sheffield but, at least. Yeah, and then but you're not getting Florial in the deal. Then you can have Andujar. I might and ask Sheffield. for him though. Well, you can ask. Yeah, I know. It's Corey but here, Kluber. But, all right, but here's here's really what it comes down to. If Corey Kluber, I I still don't think Corey Kluber is getting traded. I mean, I talk, I was on with um, I was on with our buddy Munch in Cleveland on uh, Fox Sports thirteen fifty yesterday, and we talked about this. The Indians have a cakewalk into the playoffs at least for the next two seasons. At they, least they don't need Corey Kluber to win this division. But why wouldn't you just? Why wouldn't you keep him and try to win a World Series? Because something's not working. Something's not working. The way they have their team built isn't working. And they are ready to break it down. But like I said, they're kind of doing it the Yankee way. They know right now is the time to do it because their division is so poor. They're still going to be a competitive team. They're still going to make the postseason. And they're still going to fill fill people in the seats. See, we disagreed about this earlier. They're, it's not the same thing as the Yankees. Because the Yankees had to rebuild that team. They were dead, old, and tired. So were the Indians. Nah, it's not no. the same. If the Indians no. were in a... It, they're not old, but if the Indians were in a competitive division, they wouldn't even have sniffed the postseason. You don't know that. Come on, man. Why? Because how, how many games did they win? Yeah, exactly. Because, 88? Yeah, why? Did it matter? How do you know, know what they would have done Come if on. they were pushed? Come on. You're telling me it doesn't matter how many games you win? In that division, it doesn't. How do you, how many games do you think they would have won if they were pushed last year? I'm sorry. Did uh, Boston winning all those games, didn't that give them home field advantage oh, no matter who they were playing or that's not important anymore? Ryan, can you explain something? Can you help me get this point across here? It, but it shouldn't be about who's pushing what. You should go out there and if you're a good team, you dominate everyone. It's Yeah, but you know it doesn't work like that. But it should. If they were getting challenged So then maybe by- they have bad players right now that, that don't have the right mindset. I think what it comes down to is they're deciding to retool because they realize... They don't need all these valuable pieces to win the division. So instead, they're going to trade these guys, 
get younger pieces to continue winning the division when teams like the Royals and the White Sox grow up. Yeah, well, but in the meantime, you could probably you could you can win a World Series. But now, you if could. you trade Corey Kluber, you're not winning a World Series. The way the the way the Indians are constructed right now, with the teams that they need to go through to get to the World Series to win the World Series, they're not good enough to do it. They're just not. And I personally think this might sound crazy, but I think they feel the White Sox kind of knocking at the door. I think the White Sox are going to be really good in, in in a few years from now. Yeah, a few years from now. Right, but what I'm saying is if you're just going to keep throwing a team out there while you have so many guys <laughs> with high value where you aren't confident that you can win a World Series with them, that window is going to shut. You're then going to you still gut have the them. whole team. You gut the whole team. So what are they doing then? They're, they're not gutting no, the No, they're not team? gutting the whole team. Gutting the whole team means trading Lindor, trading... Uh, well, Jose Ramirez trade. They're only if they trade Carrasco, they're not trading Kluber. If they trade Kluber, they're not trading Carrasco. So they're still trying to be. If that's, so it's not if a that's full your mindset, no, it's not. If that's your mindset, gut the team. Yeah, but how how much worse do they truly get if they do get rid of Kluber, but then they add Andujar and Justice Sheffield? They're maybe not at the same level, but they're not that much worse. Their mm. offensive numbers go up, and and Sheffield is. Considered to be, a, he's going to be a top level pitcher, top you know, three man at least. No. And how old is he? Who? I think they're trying to get younger when they can and keep some of their younger elite guys right now. I'm just saying, if you're tra- if you're if you're telling me your goal is to win a World Series next year, and you trade Corey Kluber and replace him with Justice Sheffield, you're lying to everybody. Well, to say that your goal is to win a World Series next year and then trade away one of the best pitchers in baseball, you're just bullshitting everybody. You're bullshitting everyone. You're not trying to win a World Series. No, you know you know what you do if you want to go win a World Series and you feel that your team could? You go spend money. You go spend money. You don't trade one of the best pitchers in baseball. Then that just makes no sense at that point. Here's what it comes down to. If, and I said this, I said this the other day with Munch. I tried saying it earlier. I don't know if I did or not. I still don't see Corey Kluber getting traded. But if he is, and he is not a New York Yankee, I'm going to lose my mind because this is the type of move that Brian Cashman cannot let escape him. No. Now, if they're being stubborn pricks and they're like Glaber and Andujar, or we're not talking to you, then you know what? Fuck you. Then right. obviously we're not making the deal. But I don't think if Cleveland's getting to that point where they're putting Corey Kluber on the block, they're going to be like that. So you got to do what it takes to get that deal done. At that point, you empty your farm system. I'm sorry, you do because I'm uh, 2019, right? Isn't always been about this year. And what's the one thing that he's been? We, we're missing. This team is really missing. You need somebody to go in between Severino and Tanaka. This is the guy. You, I don't care that he's 32 years old. He's still under contract for another three years. Like I said, the miles on his arm aren't that bad. You, you, you got to take your shot here with Corey Kluber if, he, if he's going to become available. You can't get outbid by another team. No. I, we, we said it the other day. Uh, 2019 has been the year that's been etched in my mind for... Three years now, 2019, this is it. If a guy like this is truly available, and to your point, I think the Indians are going to ask for the world, but I think at the end of the day, if he's truly going to be traded, that 
they're going to make a reasonable deal that Cashman will be comfortable with to get him here. I really believe that. I mean, if you're going to trade Sheffield and Luizica and give up either Floyd and Duhar, that's that's something that you got to take a look at there because we've seen the type of stuff that uh, Johnny Lasagna has. If he learns how to pitch, he's gonna be he's gonna be really good. Yeah, but I I don't know if I'm okay with giving up Andujar and Sheffield. Well, you have to be. This guy is and, a bona fide ace, Chris. And this is the guy on. we need here. And another top level prospect. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I I'm not concerned about prospects in 2019. I I'm not either, but. Andujar is not a prospect anymore. Yeah, well, you know what? If you're going to trade Miguel Andujar, you better get Manny Machado's agent on the phone. Well, we we said it from the beginning. We thought Andujar, ever since the this, this season kind of came to fruition for the Yankees this year, we with each game, we saw Andujar more and more as, as trade bait. Somebody and, brought this up on the fan the other day when talking about what the Yankees, who the Yankees value more, Glaber Torres or... Um, Miguel Andujar, in the final game of the year, a game the Yankees had to win to stay alive, where was Miguel Andujar? On the bench. Why was that? Because of his defense. Yeah, guess what? That's a big telltale sign for me right there. If that guy is such a big part of your plans, he's on the field. A guy who hit 300 for us, pretty much. What, 299 he ended the season? 297, I think. I mean, uh, it, it said a lot. It said a lot, and if you can, I don't want to see Miguel Andujar go, but he's obviously your your move. He's yeah. going to be your move. I think he'll. He's the centerpiece. He's the he's the only of guy, of course, that the Indians will trade because they aren't rebuilding. the The idea is that they're retooling, right? I guess that's a better word. Is that the word? Uh, yeah, I think that was word. what they were saying in the story. So you would want an MLB ready guy, and and Miguel Andujar. Has and proven I, himself. I ran a poll on Twitter and I said if the Yankees had to trade one of these two players to get an ace back, who would you prefer they trade it? And it was overwhelming. 77% said they would rather trade Miguel Andujar. Yeah, because we have we saw his flaws and I just think regardless of what Torres did this year and the guy had a great rookie year, regardless, you can just see the talent that he's going to be. You see his potential. Whereas Andujar, yeah, he's a great hitter. But I need someone at That's third base. That's what he is. Base. He's a great hitter. I need someone at third base. On a team where we have our DH locked up for the next 10 years, I need a guy at third base where I'm not holding my breath every time the ball is hit to him. Irregardless of what Didi's future is with this team, Glaber Torres is, gonna, is the future shortstop of the New York Yankees. And he's a phenomenal shortstop. So... And right there, his that that's more valuable than a third baseman. Absolutely. All right, last thing we're going to get to here on episode 81 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast is El Dinero. And more specifically, how much of it the Yankees are going to spend in the offseason. Uh, Chris and I had a team meeting the other day where we decided that we weren't going to rip the fans as much going forward but I'm going to throw that meeting out the window because I really don't care at this point because some of the fans need to be ripped um this idea that the signings of CC Sabathia and Brett Gardner somehow mean that the Yankees are, are being cheap and they're not going to try to improve the ball club 
It's ridiculous. If you're that clouded, uh, you you're you're either nine years old and just trolling. No, some of them are grown ass men. First of all, it's a timeline thing, right? They had to make a decision on on Gardner. Yes, they did. They had to make that decision. It wasn't because it was a top priority. It was because they were either going to do it or they weren't. It was either shit or get off the pot. And they made the move because... Well, they could have declined the option, went through the winter meetings, and then circled back to it. But, but they you're didn't, not going to do that but to But they Brett didn't want to do that to Brett Gardner. Exactly. Gardner's a guy that you're either going to do something or you're not. Oh, kickoff. Ryan, you got to go? I'll see you guys. <laughs> you're just either going to do something or you're not. Plus, and- maybe Gard- Gardner ends up getting a better deal, you know, talking to other teams, and then it drives up the price if the Yankees wanted to keep him. But here's my point, right? Are you that thick-headed and short-sighted that you you have to overreact to this as it happens? It's what is it? No, what is today? Today is November eighth. These things happened what three, four days ago. What do you think Brian Cashman is doing? Do you think he's actually done building this team right now? Do you know what the Yankees do with what did it end up being total? They they ended up paying Gardner fifteen million dollars combined or whatever it is. Right. Do you know what the Yankees do with that money? They wipe their ass with it. This was not. No, I wouldn't say they wiped their ass. This with wasn't. This right? wasn't a move that handcuffed the New York Yankees in this offseason by any means. And like we talked about last week, this team was going into twenty nineteen with two starting pitchers that we were that we were sure of two. You don't. You can assume all you want that Kluber, Corbin, Hap, any of those guys are going to be Yankees, but they're not. They are not right now. So to lock up a guy who has more heart than anyone else I've ever seen, and a guy who's a veteran leader, and a guy who had a three six five ERA the year before, to be mad about that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, but it's not even mad about who it is. It's just like, oh, they're not going to spend any money. And how only cares about the luxury tax and, and this, that, and the other thing. All right, here here's my point about the luxury tax, right? And then people, you know, there's people out there that actually research, like, if you spend, the luxury tax threshold is $206 million this year. If you spend up to $220 million, you only get taxed at this rate, if you bought whatever, who cares? And then, why, what, what is, what is cheap about spending $206 million on a payroll? What's cheap about Nothing. that? You can't win with a $206 million payroll? Yes. Yes, you can. That's what I'm saying. If Hal doesn't want to go over the luxury tax but still spends up to the luxury tax, how's that being cheap? And here's something else, too. Someone said this to me the other day. They said, this veteran clubhouse shit isn't real. That's not how it works. I will correct you and say, yes, it is how it works. And in Cashman's mind, in the Steinbrenner's mind, this is their year. This is the year they are going to win the World Series. And you're not, you don't want to do that without guys like Gardner and CeCe in this clubhouse, surrounding this team, leading this team. Guys who have been there before, guys who have done this before. You can downplay it all you want, but Cashman saw the opportunity to sign these guys for one more year at a cheap price. He's going to do it because this is his year and he doesn't want to do it without them in the clubhouse. He doesn't know if he can do it without them in this clubhouse. So what's the risk? Seriously, what is the risk? 
if if we're talking on opening day and CC is your fourth best starter mm-hmm. and Brett Gardner is your starting left fielder, then you can flip all you Absolutely. want. And I will sit here and tell you that I'm listening and I agree, but that's not going to happen. No, it seems the idea would be that Gardner would be your fourth outfielder off the bench and CC would be your fifth starter in the rotation. Part of me thinks that Gardner is here because they have hopes for Clint Frazier this year. I was thinking the same thing because I'm going through everyone. And if you're if they're that adamant that they're not going to sign Bryce Harper, if that's legit, I, where do you turn for left field? And then you start piecing together this this lineup, man. There's no lefties. There's no one. No. TD's hurt. Bird sucks. You gotta get you gotta get Daniel Murphy. Hicks. Hicks you is have the to only... get Daniel Murphy. You have to do it. Told you Marwin Gonzalez is the guy. That's I don't really guy. like his numbers, though. I don't care what you like and what you don't like. But That's, he's not that good. That okay. If you're telling me that, yeah, but you like him more for the fact that he's a super utility guy. And what did he, and I spelled it out the other day, how many extra base hits he's had in the last two years. It's a 25 home run, 25 double guy. And how many RBIs? I don't know. What did he have? 160 in the last two years? And his batting average was 255. Uh, so we want another 255 hitter uh, in the, on this team? No, when we you're telling me we can get Daniel Murphy? Who is Daniel Murphy? Are you kidding me? Look at his numbers. Oh, come on, bro. The guy can't even... He can't feel the position to save his life. Could put Michael Brantley out there and left. Another guy that I'm not crazy over. He's a good uh, contact hitter. I... If you're if, not going to sign Harper, you better be getting Machado. If Daniel Murphy, if we didn't have a DH and you wanted to bring in Daniel Murphy, I'd be okay with it. But you, the guy can't. The guy sucks as a defender. I'm sorry, he does. He 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 sucked when he was a good defender. But the Yankees can can get away with it. No, for you his can't. Bat. No, we no. need better bats. We need guys. I'm not disagreeing that his bat wouldn't help, but you can't. Where are you going to play? Your second base? The guy's atrocious. So you mean to tell me without Didi out there to anchor the infield, and if you don't trade Andujar and bring in Machado, you got Andujar who's a defensive liability, Glaber who we've seen be a defensive liability. Maybe he wouldn't be as much as a shortstop, but he is. Then you got Daniel Murphy who might as well be playing baseball with two friggin' bricks for hands, and then Luke Voigt who basically is like Paul Bunyan out there. That's a defensive infield. That's an infield you're gonna win the world. Series with, come on! I'm sorry, that's not the move for me. Uh, he's the move for me, uh, and he's a lefty. We need lefties. I'm not saying that his bat wouldn't play here. I think his bat would play here, but we have Stan to play DH uh, to DH almost every day. What are you gonna do with Murphy? You're gonna try to get 140 games out of him in, at second base? You're crazy. I'm sorry. The guy's fucking atrocious out there. He's that bad. Yes. Yeah, he's a terrible fielder, but <laughs> he's a good bat. I like the move. I like Daniel Murphy for this team. Plus, he could play first base, too. Oh, my God. If he's playing first base this year, what a train wreck the Yankees' first base situation <laughs> would have been. Well, Voight, uh, you got to hope Voight comes out and he and he keeps stroking at this point. They're they're desperate for a for good offensive position, uh, good offensive first baseman. They really are. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel Murphy. You guys want to play Daniel Murphy at second base this year. You want to win the World Series and tell me Daniel Murphy's going to be your second baseman? Uh, I don't see why it's that laughable. I just told you why. 
Well, if don't you, forget Murphy carried the Mets. He he was a big Yankees part of them getting to the World yeah, Series. That was, he also that was blew four the World years Series. ago. With his defense, he was the reason they lost. <laughs> it was but. four years ago, and he and he's been a lot gotten a lot worse since then. He's also been uh, injured a lot more. I'm sorry. Um, if you wanted to tell me that the Yankees needed a DH, you wanted to bring in Murphy as a lefty bat in here, yeah, I'd say do it. Let's go for it. But come on, I think his offense overpowers his defense. What is he going to do? He's going to hit 50 home runs? It's the only way I'm going to look past his no, defense. But, he, but he's a good situational hitter, something the Yankees are desperately lacking. He's not that He's not that good of a situational yes, he hitter. Is. Where, he's yes, a, he he's is. a really good hitter. He but really he's, he's not that good where you're going to live with his defense at this point. You, I'm telling you, it's the totality of the infield. If he was your weak link in the infield, I'd be like, okay, Fine, you know what, you can live with it. But you don't have a gold glove first baseman. You don't have a a gold glove shortstop. You don't have a gold glove third baseman. You have all question marks, borderline bad defensive players at these positions. You can't add Murphy to that. You can't do it. I'm just looking up how many errors he had. You know that Miguel Andujar had less errors than Matt Chapman this year? Who's a better defensive third baseman? Chapman. Chapman. Okay, so what are you going to look up his errors and tell me that he's not a bad defensive player? I don't even know how we got on, on this now. You and friggin' George over here wants to bring oh in Daniel Murphy. God. I think it's a great move. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I'm going to stick opposed. behind it. I think I'm the not Yankees are that. that desperate for his kind of bat in the lineup. Yeah, his I'm, bat. They don't want his glove, though. I'm all for bringing in lefties. What was the What was the one thing last year we said that would really that could really cost the Yankees? Their defense. infield defense. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't make And your food. best defensive short infielder is not even gonna play half the year. How many errors do you think he had? <laughs> I don't I don't even care because I know he was injured a lot last year, so it's so it's gonna be skewed there too. Seventeen. He played eighty one games. How many errors did he make? Nine? Six. Well, whoop de doo. Are you telling me is for that six Juju? errors? For six errors, you wouldn't take his bat in this lineup? Uh, again, you're, first of all, he played 81 games. How many errors is he making if he plays 140 12. games? 12. Yeah, that, it works out exactly that way. Well, if you want to talk about how many would he have had, what was he on pace for? He was on pace for 12. Well, I just told you that Miguel Andujar had less errors than Matt Chapman, and nobody in the world would tell you that Miguel Andujar is a better defensive third baseman also, than Matt Chapman. I also think third base is a lot more demanding than second uh, base. Jesus, you know what? You you and Daniel Murphy can have a nice life together, okay? Cause so I, you're gonna be you're gonna flip out if the Yankees sign Daniel Murphy? Yes, I will because he's that terrible defensively. Unless you tell me that Machado's playing third base and Didi's gonna be back at the end of April, then I'll live with. Yeah, but you got to be confident with Torres at short. We saw how great he was. Over yeah, but there. he was still sloppy at shortstop. You can't say that he wasn't. I didn't think so. I he, thought he was much much better as a shortstop. Yeah, but he still wasn't. I wouldn't say that he was. He's also a rookie. Yeah. Okay. So now you want him to anchor your infield? You, he, Glaber Torres is your best. Based off of only what we've seen so far, Glaber Torres is going to be your best infielder defensively. That's not. That's something scary. You need to be clicking on all cylinders: offense, defense, pitching. 
and in the bull starting pitching and in the bullpen if you want to win the World Series, if you want to unseat the Boston Red Sox. You can't throw a trash infield out there with Daniel Murphy and no Didi Gregorius, no Manny Machado out there. Then who's our solution for a situational hitter? Yeah, because they don't have a second baseman right now to start the season if you're putting Torres at short while Didi's on the DL. Well, then that's another thing. Are they going to get a shortstop or are they going to get a second baseman? What's the only position that Gonzalez didn't play, you said? Catcher in center field. Wow. You don't see many guys like that anymore. No. And I'm not saying he's a great defender. I'm sure he's adequate in all these different positions. But I just I think his versatility is better than having Daniel Murphy and and Marwin Gonzalez's numbers they pan out. The guy has fifty extra base hits every year, drives in eighty runs. What's wrong with that? Torres actually had more errors also than Andujar last year. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who's a better defensive player? Who would you say is a better defensive player? Torres. Okay. Well, who had more errors? Torres. So you can't errors are, errors are one of these stats now where we have to look at it where then maybe they don't mean what they used to mean. I guess it's also about opportunity. How many opportunities do you know? Matt Chapman gets to more balls than Miguel Andujar because Ooh. he's got better range. See, that's why you go and you trade for James Paxton, dump off Ellsbury, get Cano. But why are they going to take Ellsbury? Because we're taking Cano. Their whole, yeah, but their whole point is to... I mean, we'll eat some of the Ellsbury, but they could take some I, of it. Why would you eat Why would you Cano want back? Why you, you don't have to yeah. eat Ellsbury. But I did hear that, that uh, Seattle might be interested in trading James Paxton, and they would want to see... They would really like to pair Cano off in that deal. Right. Which I wouldn't be opposed to, because if you have to take Cano's salary back, it means you're not going to pay in prospects. No, not at all. It's kind of like what we saw with the Stanton deal, where you, you didn't really give up much because you were taking on such a heavy contract. Did I tell you guys this the other day? Somebody called Francesca and said the Jeter fleeced the he, Jeter fleeced the Yankees yeah. in that deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing we're gonna get to here today is I money uh, was the last thing we were gonna. Yeah, get to. money, but it rhymes with sunny, so it got in my brain here. Brian Cashman has made no. He has not hid his feelings whatsoever about what he thinks about Sonny Gray. Now, that quote that he had the other day about rolling the rock up the hill and then having it roll back down on you. When have you ever heard a general manager talk about a player he had under contract like that? One that he's actively trying to trade. I've actually, if, and I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, in my memory, I've never heard... I've never heard Cashman talk about like talk about talk this way about any player that he's had under contract ever. I've never heard Cashman speak this way. And he's usually so buttoned up. You never hear him say anything. And then he's like, then they're like, Sonny Gray, he's getting the hell out of here so fast. I've never heard him speak this way about a player that was still on his team. Uh, a couple names came out today. That's bringing up Sonny here. Uh, maybe Texas for Jerks and Profar, that I, which would solve your infield issues. And he's he's gonna hit more home runs in uh, in Yankee Stadium too. And he's a switch hitter. He's a switch hitter. So, and then um, another guy. And this is a name that we've been saying. This is a team that we've been saying for a very long time. You heard it on the NYY Sports Talk podcast. 
was the Milwaukee Brewers, and that maybe Travis Shaw could be a return for the Yankees, who's hit over 60 home runs in the last two seasons. And again, how many more will he will he hit? In Yankee Stadium. Who's who is a lefty hitter? Right. They'd have to give up a few extra pieces, don't you think? Uh Shaw? You think think third base. Is he a third baseman? He's primarily third, but I think he also first plays a lot of second now. You'd have to give up a lot more. Maybe not a lot more, but you'd definitely have to give up more than Sonny Gray to get Travis Shaw. I'd sweeten the pot for that. Why not? He's he played third, first, and second. There you go. It solves a lot. I would of your definitely issue. take Travis. That solves Travis a lot Shaw. of your problems right there. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Texas to jump in on Sonny Gray. Really? You see them ready to compete next year? I don't see them ready to necessarily compete, but I think he'd be a good pitcher for them. It's a yeah. hitter's ballpark, no? Yeah, it is. Ugh. Yeah, but it's also the Texas Rangers. Yeah, but I'm saying with Sonny Gray, <laughs> yeah. Sonny Gray only has one year of control left, so. You would figure he'd go to a team that had playoff aspirations where he could con- contribute to a playoff run. Mm. Where Why he makes so much sense in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I thought the other team that made them a lot of sense for him was the Atlanta Braves, but apparently they're not. maybe they're not so hot. Well, on unf- unfortunately for Milwaukee, they had such a good team, but when it all came down to it, they just couldn't sustain that type of success throwing all those guys out there all the time. They Dude, could use a guy like Gray. Wade Miley was starting for them in the NLCS. <laughs> Wade Miley. He pitched, he, didn't he throw like one inning or like one, one pitch? It was strategy, though. He, apparently, they were doing it yeah, on but purpose. He, they, when they gave him the ball, he would he throw like a six-inning shutout in one of those games? Yeah, Wade something. Miley. Yep. Was, what, he was so bad that Baltimore couldn't wait to get rid of him. Yep. You mean to tell me Sonny Gray's not an upgrade over that? No, he definitely is. All right, so this was more of our like around the horn hot stove uh, pod here. Um, we're gonna be back uh, for episode eighty-two, which we will do the infield keep 'em or dump 'ems. So that will uh, be coming out. Uh, but this was episode eighty-one. Ryan, Ryan's gonna guess who wore eighty-one for New York Yankees. Nobody. That is correct. Got it. So. Um, Thank you for listening to episode 81 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Please go to iTunes and subscribe and rate this podcast. If you are a fan, please do that for us. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, Yes, thank you for listening. And uh, Stack Guy Rye, what do you got to say, pal? Go Yanks. Christopher! I kind of like you. Say goodbye. (laughs) 